What did the announcer name his son? Grigri Teens Kelly. No. Named him Mike. Welcome to the Reminders <laughs> Podcast, where the jokes aren't funny and the insights are hilarious. <laughs> So the idea for today's episode is to declutter my TikTok playlists. Is that what they call their little folder collections playlists? I think so. Yeah. So if you're not on the platform, you have an option to save videos to different collections. You can create your own collections. They can be private or public. So I have a number of private collections that I'll save hearty, heady, juicy reminders to. I have a reminders playlist, I have a shadow play playlist with the intention of going back to these videos and I don't know, somehow integrating them into my life, somehow soaking them in or, you know, reminders if I'm just feeling down or something, the idea is hop into the reminders playlist and like get a quick pick me up, energy boost or whatever. So how many times have I done that? Once, yeah. and I took notes, and I wrote five of them down, paraphrased them, and I thought it would be a fun podcast episode idea to relay them and just sort of riff about about those ideas and talk about ways that I can implement integration of those ideas. And full disclosure, I already re- uh, recorded a take of this episode at some point last week and did a full hour episode, and like it was fine. But um, it was a little lofty, too. So I thought maybe bringing you on for someone to bounce ideas back with would be maybe a more fun, maybe a little bit more of a clear expression on it. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. But yeah, that was a, that was a different headspace when I recorded that episode. It was on one of those really sunny days in Cincinnati. We had another one of those two days ago. Or it felt like spring and everyone was out and about and getting vitamin D and it was just a nice, necessary refresh of energy, to be quite frank. And then it was just so funny that yesterday it was super rainy and stormy and gloomy and today is back to winter. Yeah. 30 degrees. So odd to have thunderstorms in February. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Mm. Waking up from some sort of strange dreams and just having like massive thunder going on outside and yeah, the energy has generally been pretty wacky. And um Yeah, so I had this kind of refreshing relating to TikTok last week and I when I originally recorded this episode of like reinvigorating some some old videos which like quite frankly really felt like watching those videos for the first time and i kind of just used them sort of oracle style like you know like an oracle deck type of deal Mm -hmm. tarot cards whatever um just sort of like scrolled like the gravity of a scroll 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You, you scroll it and it like actually like has a gravity to it. It'll stop on its own. Isn't right. that kind of funny? Yeah, like to the speed of which you scrolled. Yeah, the velocity and yeah. stuff. Anyway, so I did that and just like picked five random videos and um, yeah, just paraphrased what the video was portraying. And, um, and then I recorded that episode and then like the next day or days later, uh, tick developed an entirely different relationship to TikTok of like avoiding getting on it because a lot of the information on there was so triggering that I just didn't want to be tuning into that. And uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. It's just not really the scope of this podcast. But that was a huge reminder in and of itself, which I'm not ready to totally unpack. I'm not even sure that that's something worth. Yeah, like I said, just not not ready to unpack that publicly by any means. Um, but yeah, uh, part of the insights and reminders that I was sort of feeling last week anyway was the necessity of integrating knowledge into wisdom before truly speaking about it. And so I had that thought and I immediately wanted to share it with everybody. <laughs> but instead I thought, uh, you know, I should ground myself and do a meditation. And um, so I thought it would be good to do a little meditation here on this episode before we get really into it. Um, but yeah, that other day, I, like, you know, put my feet in the soil and was able to spend some time in the sun and didn't really have that luxury today i did put my feet on the earth for a few minutes which does always really help me feel more grounded and in my body um negative ions and stuff like that do you know what negative ions are i remember that term <laughs> remember that it's a thing i, I do i, I remember I no science idea. class i have no idea I mean, magnets, how does that shit work? <laughs> <laughs> so you remember that song, Miracles, ICP? Whoop, whoop. Kara didn't know what it was. I, had to, I did not. We didn't even watch the video. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, to do we were going to do that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah, shall we uh, melt into a meditation real quick? Let's do it. All right, so let's just take a moment to come back to the self. If you're in a place to be able to close your eyes, feel free. Either way, just melting into the presence of hearing what we're hearing, feeling what we're feeling, thinking what we're thinking, and breathing what we're breathing. So let's come back to the breath. First, just noticing our natural patterns, natural rhythm of our inhalation to exhalation. And by bringing that conscious awareness to the breath, there's an invitation to deepen that rhythm, slow down a little bit, find a greater depth. Being sure to bring the oxygen of the inhalation all the way into our belly, 
which I'll admit, I never really knew what that meant. But you want to feel your belly rising and falling just as your chest rises and falls. Full bodied breath. We have a tendency to just breathe shallow into our chest, or even if we think we're taking a full breath, a lot of times it's just in the lungs. You want to breathe all the way down to your diaphragm. Oxinate, oxygenate the body. There's got to be a better word for that. And just noticing the thoughts. Noticing our tendency to attach and identify with the things that we're thinking and feeling. And that there is a deeper awareness beyond those thoughts and feelings and sensations. Just begin to notice the noticing. The witness to our identities. So much of our energy is habitually looking forward and caught up in doing and becoming ambition and desire. And it can be so refreshing to put that on pause and come back to the moment. to melt into the receptive aspect of ourselves, the listening, the receiving, the open, spacious consciousness. The witness of the desires, the witness of the ambitions, of the doing, of the becoming. And returning to the wisdom that we are complete in being right now. That there's nothing that we need to do to do it right, to be right. We're already right where we are. And the deeper we can melt into that awareness, the more authentically we can feel the fulfillment and completion 
and wholeness in this moment. Now to segue this grounded presence into the rest of our day. Let's visualize our energy at the top of our heads, the crown chakra. Visualize and feel our energy and consciousness descending down the spine, past our chest, our belly, through the root and reaching and rooting energetically into the earth that holds us. Feel and imagine that connection, that rooting going deeper and deeper and deeper into the planet. past the miles of layers of the Earth's crust. Into the molten core of the Earth. Fiery essence in the core of our home. And when you're ready, feel free to open your eyes, bring more movement back into your body. Let's retain this listening awareness and play from this grounded status and stability. And if you found that you want to go deeper into a meditative state, feel free to pause this and do your thing or peruse the channel. We got other guided meditations on the channel. There's a longer version of, of that meditation. In fact, it's the first one I did. Grounding root. That's perfect. Thanks, babe. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That reminds me when you said that uh, you didn't quite know what um, breathing deep into the belly is. I'm reminded that Kylie taught us in one of those yoga classes um, that she did during the pandemic to breathe in three parts. Do you remember that? To mm -hmm. fill your throat first and then fill your chest and then fill your belly. And then on your exhale, release in your belly and then release your chest and then out your throat. Like really like think of it as those like three mm -hmm. parts in succession. That helps. Yeah, that can be helpful too. Yeah. Because I do. I, I was sort of visualizing it more just going straight to the belly, you know? Yeah. Like feeling the belly rise immediately as we're taking in a breath. But yeah. Mm. More of a fluid flow. Yeah. That's the way to go.
I'm sure you're fine. You can just leave it. Okay. All right, cool. So let's dive in. Um, so I wrote down five reminders, and um, I have moved these videos out of my private folder into a public folder called Quick Reminders. So that's there if anyone wants to reference that. If you're on TikTok, if you're not on TikTok, definitely not recommending getting on there. <laughs> but if you are on there, there's ways of using it and, and healthy and life-affirming ways. So, um, yeah, thought it would be good to have a folder for, for reference and uh, check out those other channels. A couple of these are ones that I've come across a couple times. They're, they're pretty cool. Um, so let's kick off this first one. This guy named Tim, his channel is called Beyond Driven. And he was saying something to the effect of if you want to see what your self beliefs are, just look at your behaviors. Like how you feel you deserve is how we tend to behave, like how we treat ourselves shows us how we. What, what beliefs we have about ourselves, whether they're self-limiting beliefs or self-confident, self-loving beliefs, right? That resonates. Yeah. So is there anything particular that comes up first when you hear that? Because you haven't heard any of these before. I've already. Yeah. Um, I mean, not specifically, but that just makes sense that the way we subconsciously feel about ourselves is the way that we treat ourselves yeah yeah the connection between the subconscious belief and the way that filters through our behaviors um it's definitely a direct connection um i think of you know the biggest examples of that in my life are just what i consider my vices you know mm -hmm. um there's other ways we could break that down for sure. You know, just the way that we live our lives and, uh, you know, the ways I have tried to orient myself into the system at large definitely reveals something about my beliefs. Um, which I, I haven't thought about that angle so much, but, you know, I've, basically avoided having full-time employment being someone else's employee. I've essentially tried to avoid that all of my adult life, you know, and that says something about what I believe for myself. And I think that's actually a positive belief mm -hmm. that I, that I believe that I'm, that I have more to give than just my time to a company. Right. And that's obviously not to say that there's anything wrong with that, you know. What? I just, I dumped the exact right amount of seeds that oh, I needed nice. into my hand. They look like little shrimp. They do. What are those? Calendula. Nice. Um, you know, I think that there are different roles to play in society and that some people have a strength in being detail oriented and carrying out other people's visions in that mm -hmm. way, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I have more of a leadership attribute, mm -hmm. um, 
But of course, the way that I have enacted that also shows limiting beliefs in the ways that I've failed to do that successfully, you know, or struggled to find an effective flow in that domain. So that's definitely twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to vices, you know, like, as you obviously know, and I'm sure I've said on the podcast before too, like my primary vice is definitely using food as a crutch, as a um, distraction from feeling my feelings. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that also reveals both positive and negative beliefs. Like on a subconscious level, it is an attempt to take care of myself. Right. You know, food especially, but probably any otherwise seen as like self-destructive vice like it is a subconscious attempt to to soothe our emotions you know Mm -hmm. that's an attempt to take care of ourselves it's just doing it in a insane way right you know a non-sustainable way or or destructive way yeah so um um, let me pose this question because something that just occurred to me um, I would say that historically food has probably been my biggest vice as well. Really? Yeah. Just, I mean, mostly just like constantly thinking about food and like what I'm going to eat and what's going to make me feel like happy and satisfied and like what's going to scratch the itch, you know? Mm. Um, I could see that for you. But I would think that more recently in the last few years, my primary vice has probably been my phone. Oh, yeah. I reach for that way more often than I reach for food. I think about that way more often than I think about food. Yeah, you're right. That is my primary vice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to, like, to say that, but... <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, food has historically been, like, all throughout my 20s, it yeah. was, like, an actual struggle. Um, but, yeah, the phone is so sneaky. Mm-hmm. So sneaky that I almost didn't even think about it. But it absolutely is a massive vice for so many people. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, as people say. What does that mean, by the way? Is that loud? Um, probably, but it probably means until you're out ready to barf. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking, but I've never, like, I, I just hear people say it and I've never yeah, looked it up. or the origins of it, it probably yeah. is. I try not to say it because I feel like I'm saying it wrong, too. Maybe we are. Speaking of, um, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get uh, silly, and point out that so many people say etc. Yeah. Like super wrong. Really. Etc. Etc. That's how you're supposed to say it. No, it's etc. That's the only oh. thing I learned in Latin class. That's so funny. <laughs> I was just talking to Zeph. Uh, shout out Zeph. It was his birthday yesterday. Um, when we were at their place after the Lotus show. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we were talking about languages or oh, something. Oh, yeah. I was going to the bathroom. You guys, we were talking. You were like, oh, yeah. Actually, I took Latin. What was he saying? Like, his brother speaks a different, like, he's bilingual uh, or something like I that? Who knows? Anyway. Um, yeah, I was telling him that I took Latin in high school, and he was, like, genuinely interested. I'm like, dude, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> like, there's no story here. But that is the story. That's the one thing I learned is et cetera. It means and the rest. E.T is their word for and mm-hmm. etc the rest anyway um yeah what was i what have i said ad nauseum oh the phone 
the phone stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so insidious and it's just so common. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be a beneficial thing because it, it is kind of like a window into being able to talk about addiction and an attachment in a way that almost everyone can relate to. You know, mm-hmm. and I think probably a close second is food. But even that, like, especially when I was younger, that felt a lot more shameful and like, like I was crazy rather than it just yeah. being a super normal thing. But definitely the older I got, the more I realized that almost everyone is addicted to like sugar in particular and just all of the crazy additives and um, the way that we have created an industry out of out of nourishing ourselves you know and that's why um food addiction is one of the hardest ones to really like transform in your life because we all we need to eat yeah you know what i mean quit that cold turkey yeah exactly and uh so many food products are are just that products and not really like prioritizing nourishment and nutrition it's just it's an industry. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a whole that's a whole different conversation we could get into, but that's not what we're trying to get into today. So we could go deeper into that, but uh, there's there's another reminder that is pretty closely related. So I'm just going to throw this one out there first. Um, Josh Terry, I think his channel name is Josh Terry Speaks or something like that. Um, you've probably seen this guy. If, if if you're on TikTok, you've probably come across his videos at some point. Um, he's super intelligent. Uh, he's he's the guy that always like he doesn't look at the camera. Oh yeah, but he's With always talking super yeah, 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 yeah super yeah. heady stuff. Um, he was speaking about addiction, and he said that he said to figure out what need the habit is fulfilling and give yourself a healthier version of that. I think I have seen this one. Yeah, yeah. You probably yeah. sent it to him. Huh? So you probably sent it. Probably yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, right in line with the previous conversation, just like, okay, so to my point, oh, I only said the positive part of that previous prompt, that the positive part was that I believe that I subconsciously am trying to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. But the other side of those beliefs is that like, I also don't deserve to like break through my BS, you know, that there is this sort of like, I'm just giving up and giving in to hedonism versus feeling that I deserve to be in a healthy body and in a healthy life and a healthy timeline, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So that's, you know, that's obviously something that I'm aware of about myself. And that's probably been, hmm, I don't know, one of the catalysts of me doing that probing into my psyche of, you know, why am I acting in these ways that I consciously am judging myself, you know, mm-hmm. at least that's how it was for a while. And then lately the last like few years, it's been less judgment and therefore a little bit less importance as we talk about, you know, right. Um, which has relaxed it a little bit, but there's still mostly the, action still just like overindulgence and stuff like that um but uh remind me of what i was getting at cut 
Oh, big cut, obviously. <laughs> um, what was the last thing you remember? Hold on. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> this should be the intro to the episode. Just silence, and then it's be like, what were we talking about? <laughs> what was literally the last thing you remember? <laughs> The last thing I remember was uh, you asking what we were talking about. Oh my god! Girl. No, hold on. Anyway, I was just talking it's about. My hand. Oh, Rula. I was just talking about um, how there used to be a lot more judgment in it, and then right. mm-hmm. there's been like so basically allowance. Lately, it's been more of an allowance, and and but but still, so less judgment, but still mm-hmm. not acting in my highest timeline. You know, right. So that again reveals something about how much I take life seriously and how much I value being here, which we could get into. I mean, I do have, you know, that that definitely gets into like the non-duality aspect. You know, mm-hmm. the idea that that basically, um, as we were getting into in the meditation, that like everything is okay and complete in and of itself that there's nothing that we need to do to be okay to to fix our world to fix our lives like we don't actually need fixing which is sort of contrary to most at least western religions yeah you know and i really truly resonate with that idea and i feel that but i also am acknowledging that in my life that can lead to what people call spiritual bypass you know, where I'm where I'm not feeling any sense of urgency of making things better for myself and my community, mm-hmm. you know, and that's an option, but it's definitely not the most fun or fulfilling option, right? Ilya. So I would like to reprogram, recondition myself to to care enough about creating a fulfilling time, a fulfilling moment rather than just um rather than just going with the flow to the point of being okay with suffering. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially when it's other people's suffering. You know, I live a fairly privileged existence, but not everyone is able to just get to a chill vibe you know and i think that there is some responsibility in recognizing that we are all unified in consciousness that we are all you know like individual cells in one organism that the more that i create health in my individuated cell and the more i encourage health in the cells next to me the more our organ will be healthy and then the more that will benefit the organism Mm -hmm. that that's a part of, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the spiritual bypass 
ism is when we forget that and we don't care about the grander organism, you know? Right. Like the, that non-duality insight doesn't stop at the mental acknowledging of it. I think there's an embodied acknowledgement of it as well, right? A physical acknowledgement of it. That, yeah, we are okay, but that, that would mean that we act okay. <laughs> that means that we would take care of ourselves and take care of the messes that our species has made. You know? And hopefully from a place of empowerment, not from a place of desperation. Right. From loving service. From loving service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say more about that. What does that mean to you? It's mean like... Not out of, like you said, not like out of guilt or obligation or anything except for the pure love of serving others. And through serving others, you serve yourself. Yeah, recognizing that we are others, that others mm-hmm. are we, are us. Um, from a place of abundance, you know, like when our when we've fulfilled our cup, so to speak, so much that it's overflowing with love and compassion. And then, you know, what are we going to do with that? Like, that's where the service really comes in. And it's not from an obligation. It's not a, you're, you're going to be eternally punished if you don't do this. Right. You know, it's just out of um, that next step in the process of, yeah, whatever. I mean, we were talking about, um, the 12-step recovery program the other night, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the last step is once you've, like, gone through those other steps of taking inventory of the ways that you... Um, uh, I'm not in the program, so I can't really speak that clearly on it, but, you know, the uh, the self-betterment, the uh, the humbling aspects of the first however many steps um recognizing and making recognizing our mistakes and making reconciliation stuff like that um and then eventually that last step is service it's like letting that flower out to sharing that with other people in whatever way makes sense you know right um cool anyway Moving on. So the next one is from Nish the Fish or Nish the Fish. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> oh, no, it spells like it would rhyme. And I say fish like fish. So I'm going to call him Nish. Uh, again, really cool guy uh, that I've seen a bunch of times. His, his videos and expressions are always super clear and very pointed. This one was a reminder not to believe your thoughts that most thoughts are rooted in fear and survival. And yet when we are in actual danger, most of the times the, the body ceases and did I say body? I meant to say mind, the mind ceases and the body jumps into action. You know, our instincts will come into play. Like we don't actually benefit from anxiety and mentally rehearsing what we would do and, threatening situations right like our instincts Interesting. do you what do you think about that 
uh, I just can't imagine not. Not what? Sitting around thinking about what I would do in certain situations. Like, say more about that. What if somebody walked in the door right now with a knife? What would I do? So, like, legit, how often does, does that pop in your mind? Um, I mean, not that often. Usually at night, like in bed, I'm like. Like every day? Not every day, but sometimes, especially if I'm in a new place. Like, yeah. What's my escape route? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I almost never think that type of thing. I mean, I obviously do have anxieties in different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody does to a to a degree. That's part of the monkey mind stuff. But um Yeah, and and not to say that it it can't be helpful to think things through, obviously, you know. If we had no anxieties as a species, we we wouldn't be living in the type of civilized way that we live in. But there's a lot of shadows to the quote-unquote civilized ways that we live. Right? Say more. I mean, I don't think I have to say too much to remind people what the problems are in society. I mean, pick your favorite problem, and it probably is a result of fear Mm -hmm. and of trying to hoard resources so that we, you know will be okay when this hypothetical terrible thing happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the plus side, you know, the anxiety of, oh man, it's going to be cold next winter. Maybe we should figure out some way to be warm. You know what I mean? Like, obviously we do benefit from the technologies that have unfolded from that type of forward thinking. Um, yeah, it's really it's really more the, the thoughts that we can't necessarily do anything about this. It's not actually serving us to be mentally rehearsing these things. But I think there is benefit to mentally rehearsing things in a positive way too, you know? So it's just about being aware of the mental activity that is happening in your mind. And I think that most people, definitely myself, am more often in the habit of identifying with thoughts rather than just noticing them and deciding whether or not this is a thought I actually want to engage with. You know, do I want to see this thought through? Do I want to plant this thought into the soil and watch it grow? Or do I want to just notice it and let it dissipate? Like clouds in the sky, you know? Or do you want it raining down on your life? So, you know, I was talking about like compulsive eating and stuff. That would be an example for me, you know, when I find myself craving something that I'm not like physically actually hungry, you know, mm-hmm. I can begin to cultivate that awareness and notice, okay, I'm having this thought, you know, what am I going to do with it? What do I actually need here? You know, mm-hmm. and that's what um, the previous uh, one was getting at. Like, what is the real need and how can we find a better version of that? All right. So I, I just realized we didn't actually talk that one out to completion either, you know? So yeah. like, uh, and it's kind of cool that these, the, at least these three are very related, yeah. at least the way we're framing them, you know? And like I said, I just picked these randomly. Um, so yeah, like compulsive eating for mm-hmm. using that as an example, like 
what do I actually need? Like, what is it, what is it fulfilling for me? And I think a lot of times it is, uh, I already mentioned like emotional soothing. And I think that's probably the need to connect with real people, you know, yeah. in real ways and authentic ways, not connecting with real people through the internet, fake internet connections. You know what I mean? But, um, Yeah, just emotional connection. I think that's that's one of the needs that it fulfills or tries to. And another one is also, I think, just the authentic need for pleasure and flow. For a mindless activity, which sounds like a bad thing, mindless. But, uh, you know, meditation is mindless, right? Like getting in the flow state and just creating in that timeless moment, that's a mindless thing too, you know? And we need that. Like that's a fulfilling, that's a human superpower really to be able to reach that. And to, I think that's a um, embodiment of divine creative energy is to be in the flow state, you know? And there's many different ways of, of doing that. And uh, facilitating that with varying degrees of healthiness and sustainability, right? Like, you know, there might be drugs you can take that you might feel like super flow, but may not be the most sustainable or healthy thing. You know what I mean? Right. So mindfulness is, of course, you know, of course, mindfulness and meditation are always going to (laughs) be, you know, things we can come back to as remedies for so many distractions you know that bring us back to the home of the body and i've talked about that so many times and stabilizing you know yoga routine and mindfulness routine stuff like that Mm -hmm. so yeah that's definitely a reminder that that's a hugely beneficial and effective way of integrating these this wisdom or this knowledge into wisdom I'll, I'll say you know what I mean anything you want to say about that enough said okay so that was um, <clears throat> which one was that well that was kind of the uh, the wrap up the, the, the wrap up one. from the second one well what about you is there Okay, what about the phone? So that's the more universal example, and you brought that up for yourself. Yeah. So what is the what is the phone? What need is the phone fulfilling, so to speak, or attempting to? Social connection, grounding. Grounding? What do you yeah. mean grounding? Like grounding yourself into this reality, you know? like <laughs> So ironic. Just like what's going on outside of me and my internet community or in my city or like... Is there something that I'm missing right now? Is like, huh? Sorry to talk over you, but I was just saying that it's ironic because it is so ungrounding for me to tune into those types of things. But I guess your point is more like the the, ungrounding in yourself, but it's grounding into the collective story that's happening. Yeah. I feel like, especially with like the last few years, um, it's like. Every time you look, there's something crazy happening or some awful piece of news or something. It's that's there's there's all there's like a fear of like missing like, oh my god, what's the latest catastrophe? Like what what am I behind on? Yeah. 
So it's tuning in. I wouldn't say it's grounding. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I would I would choose not to use that language because I think grounding is really the opposite. Right. I see what you're so, to be in your body. Mm-hmm. It's to be grounded. You know. And I think looking into this little digital window, this portal of infinite bits of information that are so scattered. Mm-hmm. You know. That it's scattering. And there's Obviously, it's already a ton of people giving good examples of how the internet is doing that. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think taking our focus back, as I said last weekend, I think that's a revolutionary act. Yeah, and um, to ground yeah. into our own story. And we were talking about this yesterday, or whatever. We were talking about how so much of what how we spend our free time is by tuning into fictional stories and sort of escaping our lives in that way Mm -hmm. rather than living our lives and being in our own story and making it a story worth being in a fulfilling story, a fun story, you know, Mm -hmm. not a story that we want to escape from. And I think that the bits of information on the internet that we have been conditioned to think that this is being informed that a lot of times it's stuff that we we don't have direct um, relationship to. We don't have direct access to solutions for the types of things that we're hearing. I mean, you know, mass shootings and things like that, natural disasters, whatever it may be, environmental disasters, whatever it may be, you know, like there's a fine line between having your head in the sand and also like self preservation through keeping your energy grounded and, and up and high and in flow and in motivation, you know, that is so valuable. I think that's more valuable than being quote unquote informed Mm -hmm. because that, you know, that's language of old being informed, like informed of what? We have the internet now. We could be informing ourselves for the rest of our lives. For the rest of our waking moments, we could be informing ourselves and we still wouldn't know all of the information that's out there. Right. So that's what we're all kind of like going through right now is this uh, overabundance of information and entertainment. And conflicting information. Yes. Yeah. And what do we do with that? We could create stories around how there's liars out there and they're trying to, you know, steer agendas through false narratives or whatever, or, and or perhaps recognizing that we are each in our own story. Um, Getting at that, like we're in our own timelines Mm -hmm. and the details of your timeline may not even be true for the details of my timeline, you know, Mandela effect type stuff. And this is like not really mainstream paradigm of understanding reality. So like, I guess I hesitate to talk about it a little bit, you know, but I do feel that we're each in our own dreamscape and, uh, And obviously there are overlapping components in our lives. You know, we have our consensus reality, but we're each filtering it through our own individual subconsciousness. 
our yeah, programming right. and our conditioning right, right, is, right, right, is filtering right, right. the way that we're going to interpret this infinite data, you know, and that's true on not just a digital internet infinity, but in a quantum infinity that there is an infinite potential and infinite ways that the universe can manifest itself into reality. And we share certain forms. Like we all heard that meow, you know, Mm-hmm. But from Bella's perspective, she may have just said something. You know, she may have just declared something. And we're just like, ha ha, meow. That was cute. <laughs> she could have said, like, storm's coming. <laughs> or I'm hungry. Probably that one. Okay. Anything else for that one? What do we got next? What number are we on? So that last one was don't believe your thoughts. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's three. Fourth one is when, and this is a quote from Ram Das. When you are secure in your own self-love, others rejecting you or not liking you will not phase you. It becomes their problem, not yours. It's a paraphrase, obviously, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, that really resonated with me. That's definitely relevant to my recent experience, you know, like sure for most of my life I've fancied myself to believe that I don't care what people think about me, but that's obviously not true, you know. We're all mm-hmm. social emotional creatures. Mm-hmm. We we care about the mirroring that we're seeing. Um especially when it's someone that we admire, like if I admire someone and respect someone greatly, like it does bother me if I don't feel like that's mutually reflected, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, just a reminder to embody that self-acceptance and self-love and self-confidence and all those things, which obviously is a huge conversation. That's basically what this whole thing is sort of circling around. And, um, yeah, there's, I don't know. How do you, how do you do that? How do you embody self-love and self-confidence, you know? right <laughs> yeah yeah i that i don't have a good answer for that i think starting to notice the ways that we um belittle ourselves yeah and beginning to challenge that mm-hmm. like the first one said you know noticing our behaviors and what that says about what we how we feel about ourselves you know like when you walk into a room full of people you know what's your energy you know What's your behavior? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the vibe when you walk into a room with people that you don't know? What's the energy? What do you do? What's your behavior? You know, if I walk into a room with people I don't know, I'm not going around introducing myself. Like, you know, I get more constricted. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a room full of people that I do know and there's already yeah. an energy at play, yeah. you know, and you walk into a live energy. Mm-hmm. Be different if like we were hosting right. and each person that comes by is walking through our door, mm-hmm. you know, going to greet everyone, like give them some good vibes. But yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Lucas Wagner. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> Ryan reminds me of uh, um, my bandmate Ryan has mentioned how how much he respected that time that we were having an after party after one of our shows at Drea's and Lucas got there and just like gave everyone a hug, gave everyone a little bit of 
attention and just yeah. like high vibe and just like one so by cool. one and it was yeah. just super respect totally. you know totally just love it the self-confidence the self-love and mm-hmm. just everyone loves that yeah you know right like why wouldn't you everyone loves to have attention mm-hmm. we convince ourselves that we're scared of attention but we do love it yeah you know what i mean yeah positive attention obviously right affectionate you know people having negative thoughts about us like that's their business it's really mm-hmm. none of our business we don't have to be bothered by that yeah i mean we may be triggered by that but uh we can work through it and realize that that's again revealing something we believe about ourselves mm-hmm. you know that first reminder yeah that if we're behaving triggered that shows that we actually don't like ourselves and yeah. they're affirming that you know, mm-hmm. oh, you don't like me. Well, then it must be true that my I've had a suspicion that I'm not likable. Yeah, it must be true. Right. You know, and how much we have a negativity bias too. Like we think so much more about the people that give us negative feedback than the people that give us positive feedback. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that makes me think of. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember who it was that said it, but somebody was saying that like. Don't assume that, or it's not your business if anybody's mad at you. If they don't go out of their way to tell you how you hurt them or how you upset them, like, it's not your business. And that's, like, such a effering thing. So exhausting to walk around, like, thinking if, like, you've hurt somebody's feelings or if, like, some insert random anxious thought about the way that you presented yourself in a social situation here and like and was it received it, and all yeah that stuff, right and, and the way that you want it to be right so if yeah. nobody if nobody says anything like you're good and, and what if they yeah. do okay so what if someone does come up to you and says says i don't like you hmm. i think you're bad vibes you know what are you gonna do with that it's Sounds it's awful. so it's your business at that point yeah Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then not that it's like something that you should that, internalize yeah. and like yeah. think, oh, oh man, this makes me a bad person. But like, yeah. then it becomes a. It's an invitation to a dialogue yeah. at that point, right? And to either create a self-preserving boundary of no longer engaging with that person if they're being threatening or just belligerent in a sense, but um. Yeah, can we hear that type of feedback and not believe it? That's hard. That's that's mm-hmm. higher level ego shit. Having a strong ego. The irony of all these things, you know? Yeah. It's like we don't want to like focus on the ego as if it's the eternal vessel because we know that our egos are temporary slight side tangent you know Mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why i resist somewhat resist the language of having a soul and reincarnation and stuff like that even though i've had experiences that sort of affirm that um, I think that it's somewhat of a misapprehension to attach a sense of me 
to Soul. I think that's just trying to prolong the inevitable death of the ego. And it's mm-hmm. prolonging the inevitable need to detach from our ego. But while we're in these egos, yeah, we shouldn't hate ourselves. Like, yeah, we should know that we are like the witness and the light and the soul and the spirit that's expressing through these vessels. You know, just like uh, if we were playing a video game, like how much of a bummer would it be if our character like wouldn't get up and like play the game because it hates itself, you know? (laughs) Because nothing matters, (laughs) whatever, like. We're here to play a game. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter, but it it's here, you know? Whether you want it to be or not, it's here. So what are we going to do with it? You know? So if that, uh, if that critique of our ego is here, what are we going to do with that? We can use it as feed for the lower ego. Oh, yeah. I do hate myself. Or we can use it as fuel for stabilizing our own self-confidence and whatever, you know? Because mm-hmm. it does seem like that's a thing that the universe does is test us, test our resilience, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Not in a oppressive way, but yeah, I don't know, just in a fun way. I think that mm-hmm. there's just uh there's there's energies that are going to recycle until we can really show and embody that we're able to put that energy to rest or to work or to play or what you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like we're going to keep getting these experiences until we know what to do with them until we know how to integrate them into wholeness but if they're triggering us that means that we're haven't strengthened and stabilized or healed that aspect of ourselves yet you know, so that's huge. And uh, God, I mean, how many aspects of my life have been recurring experiences that are clearly I do need to put more attention and focus into what am I really trying to show myself through these experiences? Anyway, um, then the last one here. It's actually sort of related. This one's a little bit of a left field one too. Maybe your soulmate is your higher self and your perfect partner is one who doesn't get in the way of that. So what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it's food for thought. It's just, you know, it's using that that language soulmate. Mm -hmm. Higher self, you know, what do those things mean to you? Perfect partner is obviously an easy one to like identify with or relate to, but a soulmate, you know, higher self, maybe your soulmate is your higher self. Like that's already kind of a, an odd sentence that you got to break down a little bit. Right. Um, but in the sense of just the, the culture, the usual cultural way of looking at soulmate, it's just like your perfect, your perfect partner, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, whereas I, I don't really see it that way. I think that, soulmates are just certain egos who reflect a deeper reminder to you, you know? And um, I think that we all have 
soul families in that way. And again, this is just language. It's mm-hmm. just, we're just painting pictures with our language. Like, right. I think it's really, you know, if we're looking at a mandala and each point is an ego, like our soul family is just the points near our little flower within the grand mandala, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just little nodes and reflecting points. You know, if you think about like Jessa Reed's disco ball analogy of what consciousness is, you know, if we're, if what people call God is this grand ball of light, this disco ball of consciousness, and then each of our egos are the tiny little pieces of glass on this huge globe of consciousness, then maybe our soul family is just the little pieces of glass right next to our piece of glass. You know, we share a similar perspective. Okay, so anyway, that's a take on soulmate. Yeah, yeah whatever. Right, 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 right. And higher self, you know, what is your higher self? Like, it's just your idealized mm-hmm. version of yourself or or God. You could Your higher power, you know, sure. whatever you insert there. Your, your divine self. Okay, so your soulmate is... So your soulmate is your... Higher self. So this is sort of making more of the claim that, like, it's sort of questioning the pursuit of a soulmate. Mm. It's more so that you are your own soulmate. Yeah. That um, the perfect partner is one who supports that. It yeah. doesn't get in the way of that. Right. Which, yeah, of supports course. Supports yeah. another's growth. Yeah. Food for thought, like you said. Yeah, it is. It's, it's good to take inventory of your relationships, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what, to, to, to no matter what flavor the relationship is. Like, mm-hmm. are we creating a support system and what are we supporting are we supporting each other's lower egos are Mm -hmm. we enabling each other's bad habits Mm -hmm. you know are we coddling each other Mm -hmm. when we probably could use encouragement rather than coddling you know those sorts of things and yes yeah we're guilty of doing some of those things in our time together yeah you know um so it's just but again it's not up to other people to come to this clarity for you Mm -hmm. you know right and uh you know, we've been talking about like being devoted and grounded in that definition of love that I've always talked about, you know, the commitment to one another's personal growth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, again, I think it speaks for itself. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of self-honesty and like, what what does that look like for an individual? You know, what mm-hmm. are we actually wanting to grow into and there's no right or wrong you know there's no like one truth that we should all be growing towards right and that can change day to day yeah sure hour to hour what do you mean just um that growth looks different every day or different parts of the day yeah well, that's the growth mm-hmm. aspect of it, that it's not staying stationary right. or stagnant. Um, or stable in a certain way. But it's like there is a deeper stability, you know? And I think that's where people get tripped uh. up. It's like, I think a lot of people sacrifice, like, I can't think of the first word to use. Fulfillment, sacrifice, growth for stability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it can be really fulfilling to grow into a deeper and more mature version of ourselves. But a lot of times we're clinging to the comfort of stability and security rather than stabilizing 
the state of consciousness of flow and freedom, mm-hmm. you know, which I feel by definition of both of those things are fulfilling. At least flow. Freedom is a huge word. You know, mm-hmm. I think of it as like liberation, spiritual liberation, but freedom mm-hmm. also could mean anarchy and like lack of like bounds, lack of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could be chaos. Freedom could also be chaos. Yeah, it could. Which wouldn't necessarily be fulfilling. All right. Well, the <laughs> phone is plugged in, and the outlet that usually has Bella's fountain plugged in, and she's licking plastic right now. So we better wrap this up. <laughs> she looks so good. I, I want to distract her from her highest timeline here. Oh, she found a little water. Uh, I can just unplug it. Let's do like a quick like overview review of everything and see if there's anything else okay. that we wanted to add. So the first one, if you want to know. What you believe about yourself, look at your behaviors. Mm-hmm. That was beyond driven. The next one was figure out what need your vices are attempting to fulfill and give yourself a healthier version of that. Josh mm-hmm. Terry. Don't believe your thoughts. Simply put, don't believe your thoughts. Enough said. Niche the fish. <laughs> Four. When you're secure and your self-love, other people's rejection of you is not your business. And then the last one was uh, maybe your soulmate is your higher, highest self mm-hmm. and your perfect partner. Yeah. It's one that doesn't distract from that. Yeah. All right. I had two thoughts. I remember one of them, but I don't remember the other one. Say the first one one more time. The first reminder? The first reminder, yeah. Oh, what you... If you want to see your beliefs, look at your behavior. Okay, and I I would push it a little further. And what you allow from other people. Like, what you don't put up a boundary to, or what you maybe need to put a boundary to. Lack of behavior to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. Do you want to give an example or say more about that, or is that enough said? Um, I think it's enough. Like, said. don't let other people treat you poorly. Too or if is you kind of what, is that what you're saying. How you yeah. let other people treat you that says a lot about how you feel about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, right. where you need to set boundaries, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's another thing to look at. Yeah, not standing up for yourself mm-hmm. is a behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Right. What was the other thing you want to say? Um. It was more of a wrap-up thought, so if you had anything else to... I said all the things. Okay. okay cool. <laughs> For about an hour, so I've said plenty. Thanks. Um, I was just going to say that I feel like this is a really great way to bring focus to TikTok because the biggest... I would say one of the biggest damnations of TikTok is that, like, it's stealing our attention, it's turning our focus to mush and you know which by the way it's just the poster child of this like all social media the internet at large is definitely all doing tiktok's like under attack for that sort of thing um which it does it does and it does (laughs) amplify it for sure with the very short 
amount of information and that yeah. it's like a very high dopamine mm-hmm. version of what all of the internet essentially is. Right. Or at least social media. You can't say all of the internet. Obviously, yeah, no. there's very dense documents that sure. exist on the internet, you know. <laughs> yeah, to- totally. Go ahead. Um, but just like what you were saying the other day about, like, a revolutionary act being taking back your focus, and this is a way oh, yeah. to take back your focus in relation to this thing that has a reputation for being um, an attention stealer. But, like, there's so much good information on TikTok, and there's so many people that are doing really interesting and cool things and using that as their platform to get their ideas yeah widespread and so i think that this is a cool way to remind others that it isn't just its shadow side yeah and for us like you said i mean it's first and foremost like like we're not judging ourselves yeah and and so that we're getting something out of the things that we choose to engage with because Mm -hmm. that's a behavior you know yeah like, we could choose to delete all of our apps, you know, and we mostly don't, mm-hmm. other than effing FB. Yeah. Um, I still go on Facebook, I yeah. have to admit. Anyway. Um, I'm, like, a week clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have, like, over 200 Somewhere near 222 videos in my reminders. No, seriously, after I put all of these into a different folder, it was down to 222. Oh, that's cute. I probably got a couple more in it by this point. Um, But yeah, that's so many videos. So it would Mm -hmm. take so many series to actually, or so many episodes to go through that that whole folder. Oh, yeah. Which I don't expect to necessarily do. No. But I did want to mention that I I want this to be a series that we do on the podcast, you know? yeah, just a little quick reminders. So, this quick reminder number one. Um, I've just to wrap up what you're saying about TikTok in particular, I've made TikTok out to be like a really cool, beneficial thing for me when I've talked to people, specifically people that don't have TikTok. Mm-hmm. I've even tried to convince a couple of people, like, you know what I mean? Tried to convince. Like, yeah. I've encouraged a couple of people to get on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, I was able to like cut out all of the nonsense. Like if you've never been on TikTok, you probably have this expectation that it's just like teenagers dancing and like dumb stuff and just like cat videos and funny stuff. And um <laughs> and for Kara, it is a lot of cat videos and funny stuff. And that's cool because that's the vibe that you yeah. have chosen mm-hmm. to make your algorithm or you know reflect in your algorithm yeah that's what i go to it for i go to it for some a couple laughs and some sweetness yeah right Mm -hmm. yeah and cooking videos yeah yeah it's a you know you could liken it to a cigarette break for you that's what you use it for Mm -hmm. a little escape from the day to have a little relief and pleasantry you know Mm -hmm. for me it, it is also that a little bit but there's much more like people taking themselves seriously and these types of videos that, you know, mm-hmm. that like, a, like, like I've said a million times, like could be life changing information. It's just when we consume them compulsively. Right. And in such large quantities, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, um, I can't think of a phrase for it, but like, I'm almost getting scammed into believing that these are healthy life enhancing bits of information, but they're not Mm -hmm. unless I take the time to actually like meditate on each of them. 
or meditate on one of them, you know, yeah. bring any of them into my body, right. not just this infotainment. Mm-hmm. Right. Dance of the head of oh I like dopamine. this oh yeah. I like this yeah. oh I like this yeah yeah so anyway cool. yeah.